This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. How are you doing today? As promised in our daily financial news and as scheduled weekly, we start off our expert series with Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. I think we're going to tackle a topic you and I have never talked about in this first of three videos. And that is, you know what? We talk about investors all the time, at least in my space of residential Investors make up 30 to 35% of, of home purchases. Why don't we flip the script, talk about the other 65% today. What advice would you give first-time home buyers, owner-occupant buyers in 2021? We just saw existing home sales uh, actually down 6% month-on-month, but up 9% year-on-year. But the real, the real twist here is inventory record low. Two-month supply, 30% drop. So let's talk to the owner occupants here. What, what, what kind of advice? I know it's an open-ended question. We'll probably bounce around this one. But when I ask advice for first-time home buyers, what, what do you what do you think? What hits you? So, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Obviously, you know, housing prices are at a peak right now. Demand is down. I mean, demand is up, inventory is down, prices are at all-time highs. Okay. So your options are limited in what you can choose. So what I would say is. You know, if you wait a little while, prices will come down, interest rates are on the rise. So your financing might be a little bit more expensive, but not exponentially more expensive than uh, what you can gain by potentially waiting. So what it's going to boil down to is if you can wait, wait. If you're going to be in a home long term, you're looking for, you know, to purchase for a long term solution, it's probably best to wait it out because you're probably not going to find the house you want, where you want, with what you want, uh, just because your options are so limited right now. And prices, you know, prices are kind of through the roof. But at the end of the day, you know, if you put interest rates back where they were three, four years ago at 5%, you know, that and, and lower house prices by 20 or 30%, the cost of the financing far outweighs the price point on houses right now. So you can buy at the peak and you'll be okay, um, you know, because interest rates are so low right now. I mean, you can first time home buyers, you can still get 5% down to, mm-hmm you know, 0.75% interest. So, I mean, it's almost free money. So that's why so many people are jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, But things will turn. It always does. The housing market's always up and down. Interest rates will rise. Values will come down. You know, supply will start building again and it'll be a buyer's market. So we, we always see these cycles. We'll see it again. So if you can wait, it might be a better time to rent right now and, and wait for, for the right house, at the right you know, price with the right things you're looking for to come along. But if you have to have a house and you have to have a yard and you just want one, mm-hmm. then you know interest rates are so low right now, it's kind of a wash. Yeah, I think there's, there's actually, this would be one of the first videos we kind of disagree a little bit, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I think there's a lot of things you said in there I totally agree with. Um, first off with inventory where it is today, the chance of finding what I'll call your forever home, right? Uh, the home that you're going to stay in comfortably for 10 years that has everything you want, it's tough. Just the numbers bear it out, right? Where record low inventories and falling. Um, 
So again, I think if you find your forever home and you and and really the the ten year mark is what it is for me. If you're going to stay there ten years, right? You have you have kids, for example, going into kindergarten, and your vision is for them to graduate high school in that school district. Then it really doesn't matter. It just you're going to be there long enough. The cycle will be up and down, and you know, get fixed rate debt, good to go. The the other thing I'll say in that is uh, many markets. Actually, I live in one, the Bay Area, and and there are others. There are times where unquestionably it makes sense to just rent. And I think this is one of those times in the Bay Area. We are seeing, and I talk to real estate agents a lot because you know the YouTube channel helps with that. And more and more Bay Area real estate agents are, are calling me or, or emailing me or even DMing me now saying, people are paying 100, 150K over asking, waiving conditions, all cash. There's so much money in the system now. Um, it is, it is almost close to the frenzy I felt in 06. Not quite as crazy, uh, but it's close. Yeah. It's too close. I never thought now, I'd get back to that. Go ahead. A lot of those buyers are probably at the higher end, probably cash. So mm-hmm. what we started out with was first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. So so remember, that's not a first-time home buyer. They're not well, it's going a first-time home buyer in the Bay Area, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe in the Bay Area, but it's yes. not entry-level first-time home buyer. Yeah, so it's correct. not who we're talking about, who we're talking to. Fair it's enough. a very different animal. Mm-hmm. When you're a cash buyer and you can pay whatever you want and it doesn't matter. Doesn't so matter, right. people going to San Francisco that are bidding houses up 150, 200,000 bucks. Those are million dollar plus houses. Yeah. They're paying cash. It's not moving the needle on their balance sheet. So that's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. than talking about somebody who's leaving an apartment, young family, they're making hundred grand a year, mm-hmm. maybe 200 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to buy that two, three, $500,000 house. Very different market, mm-hmm. very different conversation. Yeah. Now let's talk about the timing aspect, right? Because you've said this a couple of times and I just want to kind of get some upper and lower bounds on it. Um, You're basically very strongly of the opinion, hey, interest rates go from three to 5%. That is going to impact prices. It may may not be immediate, but the price elasticity will weaken and they will fall uh, from where they are today. Is that that a fair summary of your thought? Oh, it'll be immediate. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll be immediate. Yes. I mean, you know, even 1%. I mean, you get up to 4%, you're right. going to see immediately, you're going to see pushback because again, it's all based on affordability at yep. certain levels. Yeah. Right. So, so I, still yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to San Francisco, ultra competitive, yeah. multi-million dollar house different. Yes. But if you're, if yeah. you're making a hundred grand a year and your house purchase is based on your income, which is basically, they say 30, 35% of your, of your gross income is what lenders use yeah. to qualify you for a payment. Yep. Okay. So take, if you're making a hundred grand a year, that means you have 35,000 a year, you know, uh, that you can spend on a mortgage payment. Yeah. That's how the lenders use. Now as a buyer, you need to be looking at your net income, what your take home is, not what your gross is, you know, and based it on (laughs) that and, you know, uh, you know, 30% is even pushing it. You know, if you want to spend a full third of your net income on, on your mortgage payment, that's, that's a good chunk of your income out the door before you do anything else, you know? So yeah, I like to see it a little bit less at 20, 25%, you know, for sure. But um, that's where it makes the difference is yeah. in that, that, that range, margin. you know, yeah. and that's that 1%. I mean, if you go from three to 4%, all of a sudden that $500,000 house is now, you know, 450. Yeah. So I, I, my experience says it's not immediate, certainly. And I don't know what immediate means. Is it a two quarters, three quarters, one quarter a year? I don't know. Um, it's, we, we are in such a demand supply imbalance right now, right? Again, just look at them. And again, it's, it's always hard nationally. Every market is different. You and I both know mm-hmm. that. What's happening in 
I don't know, Huntsville, Alabama is different than uh, Boise, Idaho, for example. So it's really hard to do this. But I, I think in general, you know, we've already seen rates on the 30 go up about almost half a percent, right? Almost, mm-hmm. right? And if, if, my, if the logic holds, that should mean prices should fall 5%, right? If the whole 1% is 10%, that means half a point would be 5%. And you're not going to have that. And yes, the affordability is hit. Payments are already up $70 a month. I did the math today on a 300K house, or I should say a 300K loan, uh, 70 bucks. Uh, it, it is absolutely going to pull demand out. We are going to get more no answers. That makes renters, I'm happy. Uh, where I do think the issue is, I don't think it's going to be 4%. I think, I think game changing, game over, market stops is five. I think, yeah. artificially, I think we've artificially moved rates lower, the whole don't bet against the Fed, all of that. It has created a once in a lifetime tsunami of demand. And even if you whack the demand in half, you still have buyers exceeding supply right? Even with the affordability thing. So I think we're in a very unusual time. I don't think the move from three to four is going to stop the market at all. It may slow it down, uh, but you go four to five game over in my opinion. Yeah. That's your velocity play. So that three to four is where you start to see supply stack up a little bit, demand drop a little bit Mm -hmm. because people are going to say, well, let's wait till the rates come back (laughs) down again. And if the rates don't come back down, they continue to go up. It just escalates. And then what happens is like what, when I say instant, yeah, like what you're saying, a quarter or two seems like overnight when you get to the end of that that quarter or two. Yeah. And that's really what happens. I mean, it really it slowly sneaks up and then all of a sudden, bam, there's for sale signs everywhere. Days on market goes up, you know, uh, sellers are dropping prices. You see uh, list price to sale price ratios grow. Uh, it, so it's really interesting. But like you said, it's different markets. I mean, right now, they're still giving houses away in certain cities where they can't get anybody to move in. Yeah. Houses are vacant. People have left, you know, and, and it's the city just wants them taken care of. And I'm talking about places like, um, you know, Danville, Virginia, Detroit, Michigan, you know, there's areas like that where they're trying to spur, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying Recovery. to, you know, rejuvenate the area yeah. and bring, bring people back in. They'll give you property. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, if we go back to kind of first time homeowner occupants, the other advice I have for them is, is, a lot of them aren't seeing what they want in existing home sales, right? See the numbers mm-hmm. today. So they're going new build. New build's probably the toughest thing I've seen today. Cause again, first off builders are very different than a 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, they would build huge tracks and they would build before they bought. Now they build only after purchase or after contract and all of that, right? No more, not a lot of spec building. There's some, but the, the size is much smaller. So those whole new build, you got you got interest rate risk that you really have to calculate today, right? If you go in, you you plunk down, you see the house you want, you pick your finishings, all of that, but it takes six months to build. There's quite a bit of interest rate risk in that, and and you know, well, there is on the short term construction because that's what fluctuates, but there's mm-hmm. caps on that, so it only can go up so much. But generally, if you're doing a construction to perm loan, then you're locking your rate, so it doesn't matter. I'm talking so you're about locking in. I'm not, I'm not talking about the developer where you are. I'm talking about, you know, Susan and Mark walking through different open houses and going, oh, I want that one. Right. That's what I'm saying. So okay. their loan product is a rate. So if you're a buyer, you walk mm-hmm. into a neighborhood, you sign a contract on the house, you're going to okay. lock your rate today. Oh, so that that permanent mortgage rate is locked. Doesn't matter what it does. You bought mm-hmm. in, you've locked. What fluctuates is that construction interest, whoever that loan is on. If the mm-hmm. developer is carrying the construction loan, they're covering it. If you, the borrower, if you get any construction to perm, you cover that interest, but your permanent loan, 
the rate is locked at the day you commit to that loan and you hmm. start that project. Um, just like a refinance, you know, you okay. do a rate lock on a refinance or a purchase money mortgage. Mm. You're not closing for 30, 45 days, yeah. but you're locking your rate in today. Yeah. So there must be a different product out there. Cause a lot of my viewers are calling me and reaching out to me saying, Hey, my, you know, my builder, I picked, I've picked my home. My builder says it won't be done for six months and bank of America or whoever it is won't lock me in until we're 90 days out. Um, so, you know, yeah, maybe there's so, different, different loan products out there. So for those yeah, people, different that, banks, different banks have different products. You have a mortgage guy on, he would be a good one to ask about that, ask but Wednesday, yep. yeah, it, there's different. Yeah. Some of them want 90 days. Some of them want 30 days. Some of them will lock you in for the whole thing. Okay. And you can buy a rate lock. But you could, you could absolutely what? buy a rate so, lock. Yeah. Yes. You could buy a rate lock. Yeah. yeah. That costs money. <laughs> That's not free. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you got to look at, you know, it's, it's a financial calculation for a couple sure. grand. You can lock it in. You don't have to worry about it. You know? Yeah. That's sleeping at night. Yeah. That would, that would be good. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I just, I think we talked about earlier that I want to put out there again is, is the fear of missing out um, is frankly, most of the time dangerous, right? When you find yourself or your family, just you, you really are having that fear of missing out. You're, you're, you know, you're looking at a list price and adding five or 10 grand, you're raising, you're uh, waiving conditions you know, really, you know, you, it's hard in the moment, but fear of missing out certainly has never worked for me in, in, in real estate or stocks. And it, it's, it's dangerous. Um, it, it, I know it's hard for people, right? It's, it's their home, but uh, what would you, what, when you see that, or you see people kind of vibrating at that frequency and they, they yeah. really have fear of missing out, what do you, what do you want to tell them? You know, that's when you make mistakes, you know? Yeah. So when you feel like you have to have something, that's when you've lost all your power to negotiate. That's when you've lost a lot of your rational thought processes and you make mistakes. Now, again, if you gotta have a house, you gotta have a house. So it is what it is. And if you can afford it, you can afford it. Yep. But, you know, I tell you who I feel bad for is like, um, my mom just sold her house. I think I told you it went on the market on a Friday in Virginia yep. Beach, Virginia, you know, multiple offers over the weekend went for, you know, 5% more than she was asking. Wow. Uh, in a matter of a couple of days. And one of the contenders had a VA loan and, you know, they bid way over asking and they, you know, they've been missing out on houses because nobody will take them because it's contingent upon a VA loan. And with VA loans, you, appraisals can be an issue, you know, these other things I felt bad yeah. for them. Yeah. And they're like, man, we keep missing out on these houses. So there's, there's a fear of missing out. Then there's the actual reality that, you're missing deals because you're not a cash buyer. And that's who my mom sold to. She sold to a cash buyer, highest price. The dude's closing in like three weeks, you know? And it's yeah. like, you can't, how do you turn that down in this market? Uh, yeah, you're right. I actually didn't, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but yeah, VA loans, right? 0% down. They have all those inspections. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's a, a great product. I'm glad we have it. And, and, and veterans um, such as yourself deserve those products, all good. But again, the seller, mm -hmm. right? You have to realize as the seller, uh, a VA loan, I don't know, 5% more than a cash buyer, probably not going to happen most of the time because mm -hmm. VA loans, yeah. lots of conditions, uh, inspections, they are very, uh, they go through it with a fine tooth comb as they should. It's a hundred percent loan mm -hmm. sometimes. So yeah, you're right. That That's, um, it's not I the right that. market for that. So, yeah. you know, the, uh, the fear of missing out, you know, and people will get caught in the trap, especially people who run around 0809 thinking <laughs> housing is always going to go up. Yeah. And, you know, we finally just got back to where in most markets we are crossing where housing was in 0405. I mean, it took that long. It took 10 years to rebound, yeah. you know, from that 0809 to get back to the levels that we were at at the peak, which was 0405. 
Yeah, so that for, was the for that, my that market first. Fresno. It took 14 years, sort of trough mm-hmm. to match the peak uh, yeah. uh, of our market. And I think our market peaked in 06. Yeah, it's, and this is and again, it's all interest rates. If interest rates yeah. were you know four or five percent, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing. It's oh, all I, interest well, rates, and it's millennials who are driving the pony. Um, that's who the bulk of the buyers are, and that's you know they haven't been through that cycle. All they're seeing is man, it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent because mm-hmm. of interest rates. And, uh, you know, they're not worried about necessarily making money on a house long-term, all that. They just, they just want the house in the yard and they're starting to have kids and, you know, yeah. that's what it is. And, and again, let's be clear, right? I think that's just natural life, right? If you're mm-hmm. millennials now are in their thirties, my daughter is a millennial. She'll be turning 30 this year. And, you know, that's just, that happens as, as it happened to you, as it happened to me, Gen Xers way back in the day. Right. Um, and again, if it is cheaper to buy than rent by all means. And oh, by the way, you get more space, not a, not a bad, and you get 30 year money, a millennial locking in today at 3%, 30 year money is going to be smiling ear to ear in two years. Yeah. And the question is, yeah. You know, and the question is like my mom, okay. She's been in that house 21 years. She doubled Mm -hmm. her money. She bought it at 250, sold it at 525. So she doubled and it's a lifetime capital gains exclusion. So she doesn't pay any capital gains. I don't know. I, I don't know if you if you can say all housing is going to be twice what it is 21 years from now than it is right now. I, I just don't know. I mean, we didn't see that for 14, like you said, to your point, 10, 14, 15 years in a lot of markets. Yeah. And some markets, they still haven't rebounded right. from 08, 09. You're right. You know, so that's not always true in every market all the time. Um, you know, kind of like stocks, you know, I mean, well, if you look yeah. at the history of the stock market, it's all it's up since the beginning of the stock market. And there's mm-hmm. been times when it's, you know, lost and you know again take all the artificial you know quantitative easing out of the picture where's the stock market so yeah you know it's, it's uh, the, hard the, to the say. thing that i'm really starting to play with and again it's it's because of these conversations with experts like yourself let's just take your mom's house and your mom's timeline in in an example i'm gonna put out a wild ass guess that 21 years ago her first interest rate was probably probably below above 10 i'm gonna guess uh even yeah, i don't know if it was that high at the time because I was in my house. It was, it was, so that was 21 years ago. So let's say that's the 2000, uh, 2000. Yeah. So that was 2000. So about go back to 2000 probably. rates weren't quite that high, yeah. high yet. 2000s, eight, eight the rates half. were, yeah, they were in the sevens. Cause that's when I was, yeah, that's when I was doing a lot of deals. My construction interest was nine, 10% mm-hmm. on construction loans back then development loans, but permanent mortgages were, were in this, you know, under seven, for yeah. most products. And I think, yeah, that's when I did my first, one of my first, ha- yeah. So yeah, 5%, you could still get 5% rates, but that's when that interest only stuff was coming along and, yeah. you know, no doc loans and, you know, all Dude. the subprime lending started yeah. taking off. Ugh, scary. But the reason I went to back to that discussion is because what your mom enjoyed, uh, and I'm wondering it's, if it's like to your point exactly, if it's most of the cause of her doubling, right? Let's just say interest rates were six when she locked in 30 year mm-hmm. money. 21 years later, they're sub three. And oh, by the way, yeah. you know, prices went up, you know, they doubled. Well, well, interest rate went in half and price doubled. To your point, the next 21 years, is there a good chance that rates go down a half, you know, like in half again, right? They go from three to one and a half. I'm guessing that's not very likely. I'm not sure that's possible because again, rates are based on treasuries and treasuries have to have a yield. Yeah, if, that's what I'm thinking. If, 
outside investors are buying it. Now, here's the interesting question. I thought about this the other day. This thought hit me. So what happens if the Fed becomes the only buyer of treasuries? Oh, that's Everybody a fear I have gone. as well, right? The whole, I think Operation Twist is coming where the Fed is mm -hmm. the buyer, only buyer left at the window for 10 years and they don't mm -hmm. need a return. They don't have to make money. There's nothing in their charter that says they have to make interest. They could let the 10 year go negative if they wanted. I'm not saying right. they will, but I'm like, oh my God, what would that do to your point? Yeah. So then that's the only time you could potentially see rates for mortgages fall to that level because then where are investors going? Yeah. The only yield they have is mortgages at that point, you know, and yeah. long-term debt instruments and debt paper. Um, so that would be an interesting scenario. Yeah. And we could be reaching that point because the Fed doesn't want to let those treasury yields get too high. Mm -hmm. So if they step in and start buying instead of, you know, putting it to the outside markets, uh, that, you know, that that's going to be an interesting thing to see happen. And I mean, we're, we're pushing 2% on treasuries right now. Yeah. One, one seven as of this morning. Yep. Yep. This has been a great conversation. Again, if you're a first time home buyer, watch that. I call it a vibration fear of missing out. Uh, I think if you're going to be in your forever home for 10 years, if you're going to have your kids go to kindergarten and graduate high school, it doesn't matter. Go get that 30 year debt. Uh, you'll be fine. Uh, but again, feeling bad for VA loans. I thought that was a great conversation. I don't think interest rates get cut in half again in a 21 year period, uh, but maybe. Uh, so this is just a lot of fun to think about. Any closing thoughts, Greg? Yeah, you know, uh, nothing. What do they say? All options are on the table. So <laughs> yeah. it'll be interesting to see see how things shake out. Very cool, man. Thanks again.